Hi, sisters, and welcome back to Goth Sorority. This is Chapter Meeting 20. Chapter Meeting 20. We're your hosts, Kathleen and Eleanor. Yeah, another week, baby. 20. That feels like a big milestone. It is. We're in our 20s. Yeah, thank you for coming along for the ride, sisters. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you. Always. We've got hundreds of episodes to come. <laughs> this is only the beginning. So yeah, last week I told you about my little tick situation. Update for the fans. I don't have Lyme disease. (laughs) I did have a brief scare where I thought I maybe did actually have Lyme disease. I thought that karma had come for my ass for joking about it on the pod. But I went to a walk-in clinic. You know, I had a swollen armpit lymph node, Mm -hmm. which is weird. I've never had that before. But I went to the clinic and they were like, nothing to worry about, babe. Okay, Lyme disease is extremely uncommon in the South. We just don't have that kind of tick here usually. So we're in the clear. In the clear. So that was a relief. Yeah. Highlight of the week, huh? Yeah. No (laughs) Lyme disease. Uh, Yeah. Then I'm getting my second dose of the vaccine tomorrow. Very exciting. I'm getting mine next week. Mm -hmm. Where did you get yours done? Vandy. Vandy. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. You know, I just went to Walmart. (laughs) Okay. I went to Walmart and I like went to the pharmacy where you would think they'd be giving them. And they were just casually like, oh yeah, go to the garden section. Like go to the garden section to get the vaccine. Like that's like the most normal direction (laughs) to give. And I was like, wait, what? Go to the garden. And it just was so unclear. So I'm like wandering around Walmart and then I get out to the garden section and yeah, that's where they were giving the vaccine. weird. They had a little setup in there, but it was so bizarre. That like certainly is not the most sterile place. Yeah. (laughs) It was like the pharmacists were just so nonchalant about it. They were like, okay, you're checked in. Go to the garden. Go to the garden, babe. Go to the garden, babe. So (laughs) I'm guessing that will be the case again tomorrow. Oh my God. Except when I... Did I talk about this on the pod? I don't think so. When yeah. I went to get the first vaccine, I literally dented my car in. Oh, yeah, we didn't discuss Vandy's that. parking a lot. So I am getting the valet next time. Yeah. I about had a mental breakdown because I was circling the parking lot like five times just looking for a spot. Yeah, that blows. Just do the valet. I know. I'm going to do the valet next time. Yeah. And demand that they pay for um, my debt. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, you don't have to pay for the valet, do you? No. No, you don't. No. Vandy. I'll just be like, you spoiled bitch. Yeah. Well, take a look at this dent, okay? Uh, Yeah, I have privilege. Maybe (laughs) look at my dent and then reconsider. Okay. Um, Yeah, but I'm worried that I'm going to be knocked out yeah i know i've heard horrible things about the second dose yeah but it's gonna be fine okay we're built different we're built different you know i've heard people be like well i had a 102 fever and like that i mean obviously no one wants that yeah like i have to drive myself to the appointment which last time i was taken which makes me sound like a child but It just makes me nervous, even though I know the effects don't set in until hours later. But it just would be extremely inconvenient for me to get very ill at this moment. No, we're not even putting those vibes out there. No, we're manifesting. (laughs) We're going to feel even better. Yeah. After. We're going to feel revived. Revived. 
So yeah, we'll be fully vaxxed, which is mm-hmm. exciting. How do you feel about the mask situation? Um, it's like I feel like I'll still wear them. Yeah. Until like everybody stops maybe. But yeah. I feel like there will be certain situations where I'm just going to feel more comfortable wearing masks. Like Yeah. In concerts from now on, I'll probably always wearing masks or like Yeah. At the doctor's office from now on, yeah. I'll probably wear a mask. But yeah, it's not like here, if you weren't wearing a mask, people would think anything of it. No. You know? It's no, like people that- would just assume that you, like, don't believe in it. Or that, yeah, you're vaccinated. Yeah. Like, I went to Kroger the other day just to run in and get something, and I forgot to wear yeah. my mask. And it was, like, the first time that that had happened. And I considered, like, going out to my car and getting one. Yeah. But I was literally only grabbing one thing, and I looked around and, like, not half, but maybe like a quarter of the people weren't mm-hmm. wearing masks. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, they're everywhere. And now they think I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in like July, I just ran into the gas station. Yeah. And I forgot to wear it. And I didn't even realize once I was in there. So it's yeah. like these people probably thought I was a huge asshole because this was like at the height of things. Yeah. And then I got back into my car and I was like, wait. Oh, my God. Like, I feel so bad. I want to apologize to those cashiers. But I don't think I gave them COVID. Yeah. But you never know. But, yeah, I mean, I think I'll probably still wear mine in most situations. But, yeah, everyone should get the vaccine. Yes. I do know people who are not getting the vaccine because they're selfish. Yeah, I also know people. Not, like, if you have, like, a valid health reason that you can't get the vaccine that's one thing thing. if you are a healthy person and you are electing not to get the vaccine you are being selfish and you should be ashamed of yourself period period okay moving on we did not end up having our oscar special due to extremely unfortunate circumstances that i won't go into but yeah so tonight we're going to be doing our oscars recap. recap But listen, like, you didn't miss much by us not doing Mm-mm. an Oscar special. It, like, was not that great. Spoiler. like Spoiler, yeah. It was just kind of lame. I mean, they always are lame, but... No, I feel like usually... I mean, they are lame. Like, the idea yeah, the of idea. an award yeah. show is pretty lame. But most of the time, I very much enjoy it. This was very lame, very bland. And yeah, viewership was way down. It was at, like, 10.4 million people watching which is the lowest it's ever been. That's like 50% of yeah what it was last year, I believe. And I mean, I know a part of it is just like COVID and people haven't been able to like go out and see movies. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, less of a thing for people this year, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it is crazy because last year it was like, what, you said 40? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I think – at its height, or even like oh, a couple right, years ago, right, it was yeah. maybe 40. Last year, it was 20, I think. And then this yeah. year, it was 10. Which, yeah, it does make a big difference thinking about it. Like, last year, I remember it was like, well, I want to see all of the Best Picture nominees like in, in theaters, theaters yeah. beforehand. Which I never end up like being able to do. But it like sticks in your mind a lot better, yeah. I think, when you have that experience of going to the theater. Oh, Yeah. No, just, like, watching movies at home in general is, like, so hard for me because my attention span has just been wrecked. Yeah. So, like, if I have the option to be on my phone, like, 
just looking at shit, I'll probably do that instead of watching the movie, even though I know I enjoy it if I just yeah sat down and paid attention. But yeah. you know, people these days they just can't do that. Kids, Kids Gen Z can't see off their goddamn phones. Literally. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, how could I like devote two hours to watching a movie right now? Like that's a huge investment of my time. <laughs> I'm instead going to sit on my phone for three hours watching TikToks. Yeah. And somehow I'm going to feel less bad about that. It's mental illness. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Or I'm like, yeah, I'll watch six episodes of The Nanny in a row without even like batting an eye. Yeah. But the thought of sitting down to like an hour and 45 minute movie, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't can't commit it. it. But with shows, I mean, I'm on my phone also. But Yeah. But, like, with The Nanny, it's, like, so low stakes. You can just tune yeah. in at any moment. And it's, like, it's not like you missed much. No. It's, like, oh, have they gotten together? No. no. <laughs> Sexual tension off the charts. Have they kissed? <laughs> Probably. It's wild. Like, I didn't realize that as a kid. It's really just five seasons of, yeah. like, intense sexual tension. Yeah. And they, like, make out. They I'd do? say every, like, couple of episodes. What? Yeah, there's, like, different scenarios or, like, maybe not every couple of episodes, but at least, like, three times a season. They haven't mi- Well, they kiss. I think to where I'm up to now, they've only kissed once. So have you gone? I- in season two, there's, like, a kissing contest. Oh, I haven't gotten to that, no. Okay. With Billy Ray Cyrus. It's oh, really? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like from season two on, it's, like, there's just a bunch of random times when they end up kissing and then it just moves on because they know what the viewers wanted. Yeah. But I also was like reading interviews where it's like, we're getting off from the Oscars right now, but okay. The nanny is just as important and valuable as the Oscars. Um, I was like reading a interview where they said like fulfilling the on-screen romance was like the reason for the downfall of the show. Yeah, season six is was like... Yeah. I mean, they knew that it was ending, so I think that's why they had season six be like... The last. They're together. But that's kind of how shows go. It's yeah. like when you have two characters building up like that, when they finally get together, it's, it's like, rare that it like maintains... Yeah, because you just don't have the same driving force behind it. Even Buffy... Like, yeah, I mean, everyone knows that season seven kind of fell off. Like, I think most people would say season seven is one of the worst seasons, if not the worst. I really like season seven because I'm a Spike stan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Buffy and Spike, it's like that tension had been building for so long. And then it kind of comes to fruition in season six. Yeah, but it doesn't even really come to fruition. No, not properly. I know. Which is like why i could never get on team spike because it was like it was never mutual yeah no i know it's like upsetting for me to think about it um i know that there's fan fiction out there i personally have not dabbled in that yet uh yet (laughs) but i'm sure there will come a time when i'm desperate enough i'm re-watching season five right now so it could be very soon yeah. that I dip my feet into the Buffy fan fiction world. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. Anything with like There's a some cult. some talented writers yeah. out there. Right? No, anything with a cult following, it's like there are some people who will spend massive amounts of time yeah. uh, 
writing fan fiction. So, do kids even read fan fiction these days? I'm sure they do. Come on, right? They do. Like they do. No, I still think it's a big thing. Who would back it be in about my though? day? Back in my day, so sad. The kids just spend all their time <laughs> on TikTok now. Back in my day, You'd we go read on Wattpad. <laughs> we read smut uh, about <laughs> our favorites. That's the thing, though. Who would it be about? Like TikTokers, probably. Oh my god, like, <gasps> Charlie D'Amelio, yeah, and like, Lil Huddy, and Lil Huddy, <laughs> and like addison and oh my gosh should we do it no we can't do that they're underage <laughs> no they're underage we can't do that not bryce and uh addison oh yeah should we do an episode where we read bryce and addison fan fiction we should we should do a fan fiction oh like, yeah okay no Let i us love know that if you're idea. interested obviously the um i mean people can debate but i think one direction fan fiction is like the oh yeah the top of the yeah what am I even trying to say? Like the the I don't know the, the fan best of the best, <laughs> the cream de la creme yeah. of the fan fiction universe. It, like definitely that was the innovation of fan fiction. Yeah, like was caught. No, we need to save this. We're saving. We're getting too into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but let us know if you want to. Well, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it regardless <laughs> of what you want, but just be on the lookout. Anyways, back to the Oscars, to the Oscars. which is the focus of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> As we were saying, yeah, it's nice to go see pictures in the theater. This year, I tried. We both tried to watch all the best picture nominees, but we didn't quite get to. Well, it's expensive. Yeah, it's more expensive than going to the movies. Well, I think like probably like five of them were on streaming services, but then the other two were like twenty dollars to rent. So, like, yeah, it's expensive. But also, yeah, the attention span thing. Like, I just can't... When movies are slow, which a lot of Oscar movies are, like, they're not fast-moving movies. They're, like, very much... I don't even know how you would describe that. They're artistic. Yeah. You have to pay a lot of attention, and I just can't. Yeah. But if I go and pay to see a movie, you betcha I'm not looking away. Yeah. Go back. I want to be monkey. (laughs) I want Marvel movies. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I had to, like, sit down. I watched most of them, like, with my family, where it's like, okay, we're having a movie night. I tried to watch Mank on my own on my laptop, and that was just a disaster. I guess we'll go through the best picture nominees. Nomadland won, Mm -hmm. which we both had picked. Yeah. Which was a very depressing movie. Yes. But very good. Yeah, it's like... I'd recommend watching it, but it's like you're not really gonna come away being like, "Wow, I enjoyed that a lot." Yeah, I I wouldn't. You're think just so. like, "Damn, that's crazy." Anyways, <laughs> anyways, van life, van life. I don't think we are cut out for van no, life. I have too many. I'm way too attached to my things. I need my things. I guess some people maybe were like, "Oh, I could see myself, you know, doing that." Yeah. But I think the takeaway is more to be like, damn, America's fucked. (laughs) That, like, old people have to do that. Yeah. And then it was about, like, grief, and it was good. It just, it was sad. Moving on. (laughs) Trial of the Chicago 7, I really liked. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Um, Good old Sasha Baron Cohen. Being kind of serious. Yeah, most 
Most, well, uh, it's like it's his like, character is goofy, but what he was saying and doing were yeah. serious. Also, Kendall from Succession was the guy Jerry. Oh, and that really? was so funny. Like him in that role, I could not take it seriously because in Succession, he's like the clean cut. Even though Kendall isn't always clean cut, he does have an addiction problem. Yeah. But he was really funny in that. I really like Jeremy Strong, the actor. Good old Jeremy. But yeah, so that one was good. Really liked Minari. I didn't watch that one. I really wanted to. Yeah. Minari. It was really beautiful, like the way it was shot. And that also was like kind of sad. Yeah. I really loved it up until the end. The end was pretty random. Mm. Like it just felt like it ended abruptly, which I didn't like as much. But overall, it was really good. Mank sucked, <laughs> in my opinion. I didn't even try to watch me. It was I so just boring and, like, so hard to follow. It was like you watch it and you're like, yeah, they thought that they were going to, like, win a bunch of Oscars yeah. for this, you know? It's like Oscar bait. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gary Oldman don't like. There's definitely something that he's done that's bad. I, I don't know what it is, but he's not a good person. I bad vibes in general. Bad vibes from Gary Oldman. Um, yeah, it just was like, I tried watching it like twice, like starting it. Oh, really? And I just couldn't follow it. I don't know if it's the accents. They're doing like the transatlantic, yeah. um, you know, 40s accent. It's in black and white. They just, it wasn't compelling to me. It didn't draw me It's made for people, like, in Hollywood, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like a circle jerk for Hollywood. Yeah. Where they're like, film, the history of film. But, like, La La Land was kind of like that. But, like, anybody can enjoy La La Land. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other Hollywood movies. Okay, Hail Caesar. Remember that? Yeah. We watched it. That's a good ass movie. Yeah, That's underrated. Coen Brothers movie where it's about like old Hollywood kind of, but it's but it's funny. A comedy. It's with George Clooney and Channing Tatum. <laughs> Highly recommend that one. I feel like it's slept on. Yeah. But yeah, being like black and white old Hollywood serious. It's yeah. Just, no. No. It's a no from me. Away it's with a no that. From me. Away with that. Amanda Seyfried was fine. I mean. I didn't even get to many parts with her in it. <laughs> so, like, she could have had a very compelling performance, but... But, eh, Boring. Don't care. Skip it, in my opinion. What um, else we got? The two that neither of us watched. Or, no, there's three. The Father we didn't watch. Yeah. Because it sounded really, really bleak yeah. <laughs> about Alzheimer's, which... If that runs in your family, then yeah, you don't it's not something that I want to be watching. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah, I did really want to watch. It was $20. Yeah. So once it's like, you know, good old $5.99 rental on yeah. Amazon Prime. It's just a big investment, especially if you're going to watch it just by yourself. It's like yeah, 20 bucks to watch a movie. And not to purchase it. Yeah. It's not like you get to keep it. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's, like, cheaper if it's multiple people watching it than going to the movies. But I can't do it. But it's just me, myself, and I. Yeah. And that's just, that's a big investment. Yeah. And then Sound of Metal, which I don't really know much about. Yeah, I don't either. 
That one's free on Amazon, though, so maybe I'll give it a watch. Yeah, it won maybe the I'll try Oscar to be cultured. for sound mixing, <laughs> yeah. uh, which seems fitting. Apparently, the actor in that is, like, a piece of shit, and he had, like, multiple allegations against him. Oh, really? Like, sexual assault allegations against him or sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had this moment on the Oscars red carpet where he, like, fixes his wife's hair, and it was, like, Oh my God, viral moments. Like this guy fixes his wife's hair on the red carpet. God. And people were like, when your publicist like tells you to do this because you need some rehabilitation in the media. Dang. Men will get credit for the smallest shit. Yeah. He literally just like like brush brush your hair aside. Like and they're like so romantic. Yeah. No. No. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know who that guy is. but Yeah, but we don't like him. We don't like him. <laughs> Bad vibes. Okay, um, a movie that I wish had been nominated for Best Picture because I really enjoyed it. I think I mentioned it last week. Portrait. I think it's Portrait of a Woman. No, Pieces of a Woman. Oh, yeah. Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. Really good. Um, the What's her name? Vanessa Kirby? Yeah, Vanessa Kirby. She was incredible in it. But it is co-starring Shia LaBeouf, who is now canceled. So yes, I think that so. dragged it down. Yeah, for sure. Um, but she had an incredible performance. So another movie I just thought about, but it might have been like last Oscars cycle. But Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, that was, that last. was like it was last. Yeah, because yeah, I guess that was like around the same time as The Lighthouse, which was last. Yeah, but it also was. Out at the same time as Emma. I know. It's confusing. Which was this year. Yeah, My brain is such mush. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the other thing that was weird about it. It was like for a year and a half of movies. And then some of the movies, yeah, were from like 2019. Which felt so wrong. And like Pinocchio. Has anyone yeah. seen Pinocchio? I would yeah. love to know if anyone has even heard of this. No, I, I didn't even know that they were making it. It looks deeply disturbing yeah no depraved depraved i have no interest in watching it but i was like it was up for like multiple awards yeah i mean mostly for like visual stuff yeah but i mean seems fake to me i don't know yeah um and then lastly i believe of the best picture nominees Mm -hmm. is promising young woman yes which has been a movie that's been heavily advertised yes. for a long time, right? Yeah, I remember seeing ads for it like a year ago and being like, oh my god, this looks so good. Like, I think I saw an ad for it when I watched Emma, which was like yeah. the last movie that I went to before quarantine. Yeah. Um, we both went to yeah. it. I went to it three times. <laughs> so at one of those times, there was like an ad for this movie, Promising Young Woman. Which, yeah, you see the ads and it's like, oh, my God, this woman's a serial killer. She's, like, murdering these men who take her home when she's pretending to be drunk and they try to, like, assault her. But that... It's not what it is. It's false marketing. It really is false marketing. And I think that's, like, a big problem for people. There's a lot of discourse around the film. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like a polarizing reaction you know people really love it or they really hate it which when we first watched it it was like i love that i loved everything about it i thought it was 
great. Like, yeah. it was so entertaining to watch. I didn't necessarily know where it was going. Yeah. There were a lot of, like, twists and turns. No, it was definitely, like, for a Best Picture nominee, too, like, very engaging. Yes, like, yes, definitely. Like, feels more like a... It's weird to be, like, a normal movie, you know? But yeah. it feels like... For the plebs. Yeah, for the plebs. Not a movie that... Mank. <laughs> not make. Yeah, okay. It's, like, not a fucking Oscars movie. Yeah. You don't sit there and watch it and be like, oh, this is a movie made for people who are, like, really into film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just a movie that anybody can sit down and, like, enjoy. Yeah. Or at least be engaged in. Yeah. Um. So spoilers here yeah. so if you don't want spoilers for that movie maybe click out or just listen because you're probably not gonna watch it yeah anyway. be honest okay. with yourself <laughs> are you really gonna watch it no just listen to what we have to say about it <laughs> so the synopsis yeah is this woman who carrie mulligan was in medical school she was like at the top of her mm-hmm. class in medical school along with her best friend nina i think mm-hmm. But something happens, and they never explicitly say until, like, later on in the movie, yeah. but it's, like, you you pick up very early on that yeah. Nina is dead, mm-hmm. and that something very traumatic, like a sexual assault, happened to her while they were in med school, and then they both dropped out. Yeah. Also, I feel like we haven't done it yet, but we should put a trigger warning yeah, on yeah, this yeah. discussion. We will be talking about sexual assaults yes. and things of that nature. So if that is triggering for you, it might not be the best thing to listen to. Yes. Okay, proceed. Good call. Um, Yeah, so she's now like 30 years old. She's living with her parents and she's working in this coffee shop. And, like, on the weekends, she goes out to clubs, and she, like, gets all dressed up, and Mm -hmm. she pretends to be, like, blackout drunk, like, falling all over herself to see if, like, men will take her home. And they usually do. To try to take advantage of her. To try to take advantage of her, yes. And she always, like, gets these guys who will take her home and then, like, bring them back to their place and try to, like, have sex with her even though she's... They believe, yeah. like, blacked out drunk and, like, beyond uh, being able to consent. So, yeah, from the marketing, it seems like, oh, my God, then she, like, murders mm-hmm. these men. But what actually happens is she basically reveals herself. Yeah. yeah, she reveals herself. She'll be like, stop, what are you doing? Stop. I said, stop, what are you doing? To where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, suddenly she's sober. And they are, like, freaked out, and they're like, oh, my God. And then she just scolds them, and then that's it, basically. She's like, think about this the next time you go out. Yeah, it's To, like, like, basically scare them into not doing it again. But it's like... They were going to sexually assault you, and all you do is, like, scold them. Mm. I thought at least she was going to, like, mutilate them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like marketing itself to be a revenge fantasy. Yes. And it wasn't. It was not a revenge fantasy at all. So she's doing this. And then one of her old medical school classmates kind of comes back into her life, played by Bo Burnham. Love Bo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like, doesn't want to date. She's very anti-men. Yeah. But he kind of keeps trying. And he's a really nice guy. He's like mm-hmm. a... A child surgeon, pediatric surgeon. Um, yeah, and she really likes him. So they go out on dates and eventually they start dating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm trying to think. <laughs> what? Okay, but backing up, before they become, like, officially dating, she's still doing the thing where she yeah. goes out on weekends and she tries to pick these men up. And she runs into him one weekend and he's like, okay, like, yeah, if you didn't want to, like, date me, just say that. Like, you're going out hooking up with these random men, like, in fedoras. Like, the guy yeah. that she's with when she bumps into him is, like, this douche in a fedora. Um, but she... Okay, it gets a little hazy here, but basically she really likes this guy, but she's still very closed off because she has this trauma with her Mm -hmm. friend Nina that's unresolved. So she kind of has this like plan of how to get closure for her friend Nina Mm -hmm. that she is like kind of dealing with before she can then like get with Ryan, the guy that she wants to date. So it's like three different things so there's like a classmate of theirs in med school Mm -hmm. who basically denied that this assault happened against nina she was like well she got way too drunk like that's what happens when you Mm -hmm. sleep around and you drink a lot like it's bound to happen like blaming her Yeah. yeah victim blaming um and so she's now like a successful doctor and she has twins and she's married so Cassie, the mm-hmm. main character, uh, meets up with her for lunch. And she has this plan to get her very drunk mm-hmm. and then to kind of like make her believe that something happened that didn't actually happen. So she gets her really drunk and then she hired a guy to take her up to a room and just like to take her to a hotel room and put her to bed. Yeah. But to make her believe when she woke up that they had like slept together. Yeah. But they didn't. So she does that, and that goes according to plan, Mm -hmm. and then the girl Madison is, like, freaking out, and she's, like, constantly calling her, being, like, do you know, like, do you know, like, calls her, like, a bunch, is freaking out, and Cassie just, like, ignores her, because she wants her to believe that this happened, and it's, like, well, that's what happens when you get really drunk, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you're asking for it, essentially, you know, like, giving her a taste of her own medicine. Yeah, yeah. And then next, she goes to the dean of the med school, who was essentially like, well, I have to take the guy's word for it. Word for it. I have to give him the benefit of the doubt because these allegations ruin men's lives. Yeah. Um, And then it's like Cassie says the classic. It's like a line that was written, it feels like, so that it could then be like you know, a clip or like yeah. a quote on the yeah. cover for the movie yeah. where Cassie's like, can you guess what a woman's worst nightmare is? You know, to yeah. where it's like a good line, but it feels very you know, uh, marketable. Yes. <laughs> um, so she fucks with the Dean. I mean, she does something with her daughter where she makes her think like, oh, well, your daughter's with a bunch of men right now and I'm not going to tell you where and, she is. Yeah getting drunk and the dean freaks out and the dean admits like you're right like i should have believed your friend yeah i guess so it's like okay check that off the list yeah Um, also your daughter's fine also your daughter's fine yeah it's like she didn't actually harm madison or the dean's daughter but she just was made them believe that yeah yeah something bad had happened a little bit of psychological warfare yeah (laughs) and 
Okay, I'll I'll just get through the synopsis and then go back into yeah. like more commentary. And then I f- believe like the last thing is going to the defense attorney who got mm. the rapist off. Um, I'm trying to think of what the the rapist's name was, but I can't think of it. Um, and he essentially is like had a mental breakdown. Yeah, and he's like I regret everything like like his whole career essentially like yeah he so he's like i'm on sabbatical because i had a nervous breakdown because i realized like my whole career is horrible like i've done horrible things and like everything that's coming to me i deserve yeah karma is coming for me which kind of like catches her off guard yeah because she just like expected him to be like like everybody else and be like have no guilt about what happened to her friend you know yeah and he clearly does and he like cries in her lap and he Mm -hmm. asks for forgiveness which she then gives Mm -hmm. so moving on from that it's kind of like she feels like there's a bit of closure there so then she goes to ryan and is like hey i'm sorry that you saw me at the club like doing this weird thing i promise it won't happen again so then they can, like, move on in their relationship. Yeah. So it's like, okay, everything is all good. You know? She's, like, finally done. She's done. Allegedly. He's such a great guy. You know, like, uh-huh. they're such a good pair. They are falling in love with each other. There's, like, this very odd minutes-long sequence of them, like, in a drugstore with a oh yeah Paris Hilton song playing. Yeah. Which I saw that, like, the editor of the movie was, like, begging the director to cut it. Oh, really? And she was like, I'm not going to cut it. Which, yeah, I mean, it was, it could have gone without that yeah, scene. But it was I didn't hate it. You know? <laughs> it had the classic bisexual lighting, as it's called, throughout oh, the really? movie, where it's like blue and pink. Oh. Um, I've seen, that's what film buffs call it. Bisexual oh, lighting, gotcha. the blue and the pink. The blue and the pink. Um, And then, big plot twist. Yes is that she finally answers Madison's call. Well, Madison shows up at her house. Yeah, yeah. So Madison shows up and is like, I have to know what happened. And she's like, nothing happened. The guy put you to bed. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, you didn't have sex with this guy. And she's so relieved. And she's like, there's something that you need to know. Your friend Nina's attack or, like, assault yeah. was videoed. I have a video of it on my phone. Which is very fucked up. Uh-huh. And she gives Cassie the phone. And she's like, never contact me again, yeah. by the way. Yeah. But she gives her the phone and it's like, Cassie is obviously going to watch mm-hmm. it as like horrific as that is. And when that happened, I was like, I know yeah. what's about to occur. I know that Ryan, her boyfriend, is going to be on that video. video. Yeah. Like that's what's going to happen. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You just hear voices. You obviously, like, you don't see yeah. anything. It's just, like, her listening to the video. And all of a sudden, you hear her boyfriend. They're like, Ryan, you got to see this. And he's like, what the hell? Like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. You know, or he's not, like, appalled. He's very much laughing at the situation as this girl is assaulted mm-hmm. in front of a bunch of people. So, yeah, it's like, it couldn't just go well. Like No, obviously. Obviously, this is what was going to happen. So then she goes to Ryan. Mm -hmm. She's like, I can just release this video and ruin your entire life. Or you can Mm -hmm. tell me where the rapist will be. The rapist is getting married and he's having a bachelor party. So she's Mm -hmm. like, tell me where the bachelor party is. 
and we'll see about me releasing this yeah. video. So he gives her the address of the bachelor party. So now it's like, okay, well, surely she's going to kill him, right? Yeah. Surely she's getting ready. She's going to go to this bachelor party and she's going to at least kill the rapist. So she gets ready. She dresses like a stripper mm -hmm. in a like nurse's outfit. She, you know, does the whole bit giving like a strip tease, like entertaining all the men. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to take the groom upstairs for a solo. Yeah experience or whatever and he's like no 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 and she's like don't worry like nothing needs to happen but to get paid i have to take you upstairs so she had drugged all of the friends yeah without them knowing it she had like put something in the alcohol so they're all passed out downstairs and she takes the groom upstairs and she handcuffs him to the bed and then he asks her like oh what's your name and she says my name is nina and he, like, starts freaking out, basically. Yeah, and he's like, you're not Nina. Nina's dead. He's like, dude, my friends put you up to this. Yeah. So he clearly knows. He knows that, like, he is the reason that Nina's yeah. dead, essentially. Like, yeah. Because uh, she killed herself because mm -hmm. he assaulted her. So then it's like she gives this whole speech about, like, you ruined Nina's life. Nina's dead because of you. Like, your name was, like, all over her. Yeah. Metaphorically. And now I'm going to put her name on you physically. I'm going to carve her name into your stomach. So when she goes to do this, he then overpowers her. Yeah, like, breaks free of the hand one of the handcuffs. And then he proceeds to suffocate her to yeah. death. He... It's horrible her. to watch. It's horrible because it's like the whole, it takes like two minutes and 30 seconds or something, which is the amount of time it would take to suffocate a person. Yeah. So you watch her like writhing, writhing in pain, uh, being smothered to death and she dies. So it's like this whole time yeah. you think that you're going to be watching a woman murdering men, getting back at them, like revenge fantasy. Only to see the woman die in the end. Only to see her be murdered. Yeah. And then, of course, like, they hide she, the body. Uh, she ends it, up getting... Well, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, so they hide the body, and it's like, okay, everything's going to be fine. No one's going to know. But she had set everything up to where she was like, if I go missing, she leaves it in the hands of the defense attorney, who now is, like, uh, you know, the one who regrets everything that yeah. he ever did, and he's, like, wants redemption. So she's like, okay, if I go missing, this is where I was, and here's a video of this guy raping my friend Nina. Mm -hmm. So that's everything you need to know. If I go missing, give this to the police. So that's what happens. And then it's like Al. Al is the name of the rapist, I just remembered. It's his wedding day, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, as it's his wedding day, Ryan's there, all the like med school crew is there. The police roll up, mm -hmm. take him away in cuffs. The end. Okay. That was chaotic. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I hope okay. you were able to stick with that plot. But yeah, so essentially it's like you think this is going to be a rape revenge fantasy mm -hmm. film only to see her be murdered by the man who raped her friend yeah. and then have the police save yeah. the day at the end. Which is like obviously not realistic yeah obviously not realistic but when we were watching it it was like yeah like yeah, yeah. she set everything up like they're going to jail you know like it yeah. felt uh satisfying 
Yeah. In the moment. But then, like, thinking back on it, and I read a piece that, like, I'll post, um, I'll post the piece, like, on yes. our stories or something. It was, like, very powerful, and it was written by, like, a victim of sexual assault who, yeah, broke everything down where it's, like, I wanted to see men's blood. Like, I yeah. wanted to see these men who were willing to assault a woman who they thought was blackout drunk. I wanted to see them killed. Yeah. Uh, her friend's rapist I wanted to see killed. Yeah. And instead, like, she gets murdered. And this was marketed. I think a big issue was the yes. disconnect between the marketing and what the film actually was. If it was just the film on its own without this buildup, yeah. This expectation of what it was going to be, I don't think people would have, you know, been as disappointed. Yeah. And on top of that, it's like given this girl boss spin. Yeah. Like the marketing is completely like this is a like woman's taking a woman is taking the power back. Yeah. She's getting revenge on these scummy men. And it's like, what really happened? These men were scolded. And then they went back out into the world, probably to assault other women. Yeah. Because um, it's like, is that really going to hold them back? You know, if that's no. the kind of man they are getting no. scolded by a drunk woman one night. They're going to be like, oh, gonna... that bitch was crazy. I'll yeah. take it easy next weekend. And then, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, that's not going to do anything. Uh, she could have at least mutilated them. Like, she went to med school. She yeah. was a skilled surgeon. And then... Yeah, it just, it was like girl power, girl boss, only for, in the end, her to be murdered. And then if you think about it, the only people that really faced consequences in this movie were the women. She yeah. took revenge against Madison, and she made her, like, severely uh, yes. distressed. She took revenge against the female dean and made her, like, yeah. severely distressed. The male defense attorney gets forgiveness. He's, yeah. like, you know, kind of coddled in that moment yeah she's like it's okay i forgive you but these women which yeah, yeah all of their actions were terrible they yeah. all uh did horrible things that led to the death of her friend nina in the aftermath of this but assault. the men get it again so yeah easy. again so easy and it, it's only left up to you to infer what ends up happening to the rapist and to his friends who were implicated in the video. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you don't even really get to see that come to fruition. No. It's just implied. You see them taken away in handcuffs. And then it's like, I think a lot of people, especially like victims of sexual assault are very aware of the fact that the police oftentimes don't do anything. And yes, he murdered her. Like he's going to face consequences yeah. for murdering this woman, but he's extremely wealthy he is privileged. Mm -hmm. He's like a surgeon. Like, he's going to get the best lawyer you can get. Yeah. He's going to get less time than he should. So it's like everything is left up to the police yeah. to take their, like, to give them justice, where that's not what it was set up as. It was mm -mm. set up as a woman getting justice for herself and for her friend and, you know, for all women. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like I just had a completely different view mm -hmm. once I read this and thought about it as opposed to, like, right after watching yeah. the film. Yeah. Fucks with you, man. Yeah, because you're like, wow. And it's even though, like, this was – was it written by a woman? Yes. 
written and directed by women. Yeah. It's like we still can't get something that feels like I don't know, like it should. Yeah, like, and so it was written by Emerald Fennell, who won the Oscar for Best Original yeah. Screenplay. Um, a white woman, and then Carrie Mulligan, a white woman who's the main character. Yeah. And the two of them also were just like kind of had this smug press tour again where they're like pushing this as like a victory for all women when thinking about it it also in a way kind of feels like oscar bait as far as like the screenplay because it's like apparently it was written really quickly and it was picked up really quickly and it there were a lot of things that could have been done better yeah you know and there was a lot that kind of fell flat um, including just Cassie's character. It yeah. just fell flat thinking about it. Um, Carrie Mulligan was up for best actress and mm-hmm. she didn't win, which, I mean, I feel like she probably thought expected that she had a, to she, win. Like maybe expected to win. Um, Frances McDormand won, mm-hmm. who was like, whatever. Yeah, literally. <laughs> she yeah. very much is like, you know, doesn't care that much. But yeah, it just it was interesting. It was yeah. very much like girl boss vibes in retrospect. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't know. It's very like a white feminist yeah. take on the issue. Where yeah. it's like in the end the cops save the day. Mm-hmm. Where it's like that's not a narrative that a lot of people, especially now, can get behind. Yeah, it's just like this nice, neat little narrative. Where, yeah, if you're Where like, the women are still innocent. They're not murderers, okay? They're not crazy. Yeah. Our protagonist is not a crazy, demented woman. Yeah. It's like, no, that's what we want. Yeah, I want to see a crazy woman murdering men. Yeah. Who, like, who have, have done the, horrible things. Yeah, who have done horrible things and who want to do horrible things to women. Like, they shouldn't just be allowed to walk around free- with like a trans and we're supposed to believe that they're just like their outlook has been transformed by this experience and also which we people, know is not true yeah and also people pointed out that it's like she was just going out there doing that like she wasn't armed no. she wasn't like a particularly like strong person so like she was lucky that she was not killed before yeah. she was you know or raped even one even yeah once, like yeah and that also is like kind of unrealistic like yeah that they would just be like oh way. okay i'll let you go then yeah it's like clearly these men are predators yeah so i don't know lots of it's still worth a watch i still think worth a watch yeah but yeah definitely a, a new perspective after having had some time to reflect on it yeah, a critical lens. Because it's like, I just don't think there is that movie where it's no. like a woman truly like unhinged getting revenge, yeah. murdering men. And Wait, like, okay. I never saw this movie. Is it um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? What is that movie about? I don't know. I want. I thought she was like a spy or something. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Where like, she is like an unhinged woman. Yeah. Where she's like an assassin, I think. Killing Eve is an interesting show. Yeah. Where it's an assassin, a female assassin, but she's more just like for hire. Yeah. She's not really doing it for like a purpose. A or- purpose. But interestingly, Killing Eve season two was written by Emerald Fennel. Oh, really? Who is the writer and director of Promising Young Woman. Huh. 
So, yeah, it's like, and I think she had talked about, like, well, the thing about, like, violence is it's not, like, satisfying. It's, like, upsetting or something. She said something along those Hmm. lines to the media where this writer in this article was like, well, for some people, like, if, yeah, you know, violence has been used against you, it's like violence is satisfying against the people who have wronged you. Um, so yeah, it just kind of was like a, it, I'm trying to think of the word, not like whitewashed, but like kind of, it was like this nice, neat little film Yeah, where it's like, let's get dirty with it, you know? (laughs) Because like, there's really not a film like that. So I think there's room for a film like that to be made, you know? Because this just didn't do it. Yeah. But it's also like, you want to see that be the like if that's what they say they're gonna do you want them to to deliver on the promise yeah and they didn't yeah exactly so it's like now if a movie is made like that it's like oh you're just remaking this movie how you wish it would have been yeah which is not what you want to see something that just came to mind which is also a spoiler for Ginny and georgia yeah is Georgia kind of is like a character where she is doing it, you know, like she is getting revenge. She is she is murdering these men. Yeah. And it's satisfying to watch. Yes, we love it. So yeah, it's like if a show like that can do it, that's like marketed for teens. Yeah. And people like us. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, if that show can do it, you're R what was it R-rated? It had to have been. Yeah, the movie. Your R-rated movie couldn't? Yeah. Yeah, because I guess the implication is like, well, once like a character does that, you know, they're unlikable. Like you can't be rooting for a character who can no, murder someone. And it's like, true. yeah, you fucking can. If and I will. the person deserved to die. Yeah, like some people deserve to die. If yeah. they have like assaulted women and they yeah. like are predators. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. They should die. They should be yeah. murdered. Yeah. And I think, like, she said as much to the press where it's, like, you know, like, you don't want to, like, ruin... I mean, I, I don't think she said this exactly, but the idea is, like, well, the character, like, if yeah. you go too far, then it ruins, like, what you're trying to do, which is not true. No. So, I hope someone makes a movie. We want to see crazy women. We want to see <laughs> mentally ill see women. nasty women. <laughs> Mental. This is what happens when you take a mentally ill woman and, and put them you in, put a her in, in a society. Jeez. Okay. Well, uh, that was extremely hectic. It's fine. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, this is what you sign up for. So yeah, yeah. I hope you could follow what I was saying with this film. Yes. Moving on to to wrap things up. Um, the in memoriam section of the Oscars felt oh, extremely yeah. disrespectful. It was just so weird with the pacing. Yeah, it was like they spent so much time on some things. Yeah. And then the in memoriam, it was like probably two minutes long total. Yeah. Going through like a hundred names of people yeah. who had died. It's like you hardly had time to read the name before it was on to the next one. Like I'd be so mad if that was my yeah. loved one and they were on the screen for like literally half a second. Yeah. And I think it was because they were trying to match the song's pace, but it's but like it's pick, pick a, a different, different song. song. Especially when they just spent so much time on like 
introducing like random awards. Yeah. Like no offense. Like every Oscar is important. Every category yeah. is important. But like, don't give me like the background life story of the people who are nominated for best costume design. No. And then for the in memoriam, spend like two minutes yeah. on it. And then they ended on Chadwick Bosman. Yeah. Which was odd, right? Yeah, which was odd. Which, I mean... Oh, I not th- even... Uh, I wasn't talking about the in memoriam, but... Oh. The award. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they usually do the in memoriam, but I think it's, like, in order of, like, when they die. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but they put him at the end for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, his But death I wonder how probably... often it is that one of the nominees died that year. Yeah, it's So not... maybe then it's, like... Yeah, different. it can't be that often. Heath Ledger. <laughs> Heath Ledger did win his posthumous um, Oscar. Oscar for the Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. So, yeah, he was up for this posthumous Oscar for Best Actor in a mm-hmm. Leading Role. And all of a sudden, it's getting to the end, and they yeah. switch things up, and they do Best Picture before Best Actress or Best Actor mm-hmm. in Leading Roles. And at first we were like, what the hell? Because yeah. they end on Best Picture, which is makes the most sense. Yeah. The big dramatic reveal, you know? Yeah. And then I was scrolling on Twitter and people were like, oh, well, they're saving Chadwick for last. Yeah. They're saving like this because he's probably going to win. Yeah. It's like a big moment. Um, very emotional. Because, yeah, I mean, that's like a huge loss yeah. for the world and for a Hollywood. Like he was a fantastic yeah. actor, a fantastic and so young, person, too. and so young. Yeah, it's, like, very tragic. Um, so it was like, okay, that makes sense. So they do Best uh-huh. Picture when it's Nomadland, and then Best Actress, and it's Frances McDormand. And then Best Actor comes, and it's Joaquin Phoenix, and because Drew. he won last year for Joker, which is funny because it's such a meme now. But yeah. he did win an Academy Award for Joker, which, was, I mean, was deserved. Yeah. But he, of course, is, like, the most awkward person person yeah. imaginable. So already it's, like, Ooh. it's kind of weird that he's, like, announcing, you know, this big yeah. emotional award. And then it's, like, it, you know, is building up. And they didn't even do clips. We were talking about yeah. this. Normally at the Oscars, they show, like, the best clip from the movie that the actor or actress is nominated for. But they didn't do that. No. They just read the names. So he reads the names really quickly and then he says, and the Oscar goes to Anthony Hopkins. Who wasn't even there. Who wasn't even there. His picture was up and it was like this bizarre headshot. This like thoughty pic, as some people <laughs> said. Wasn't even there. So he goes, the Academy accepts the award on behalf of Anthony Hopkins. And then it's Good over. Night. <laughs> and then it's yeah. over. It was very strange. Very strange. I mean, we were just like, what? It's just, just like, happened? why would they restructure it like that? Is it like if they don't to. know? Like, surely they know who's going to yeah. win it. So it was like they almost used that to, like, yeah. get people's attention and have and keep them, watch them watching to the yeah. end, only for him to not win. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch their performances. Like, I'm yeah. sure Anthony Hopkins was very good. I'm sure he deserved the Oscar. Yeah. I think it makes him, like, the oldest person ever win an Oscar, which is cool. But, like, you know, you kind of, yeah. it's like, just give it to Chadwick Bosman, you know? Yeah. Just give it to Chadwick. Like, that just felt so wrong. Uh, yeah, it did feel very wrong. And I think Anthony Hopkins was like, what the hell? Yeah, he put him a in video. a weird situation. Yeah, it puts him in a horrible situation because everyone's like, 
fuck that. Like, yeah. And he's like, I wasn't even there. And he's like, I didn't expect to win. I, went I to didn't bed. even. Yeah. He's like, I woke up at 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So it just was unfortunate all around. Yeah. And he posted a video where he was like, I just want to like acknowledge Chadwick Bosman. Like it was a, a nice video. But yeah crazy stuff yeah so fuck the academy <laughs> fuck the academy which yeah award shows in general are fucked but yeah. that was especially twisted yeah it makes no sense whatsoever yeah okay well i think that concludes the oscars recap with heavy emphasis on promising young woman yeah but it's the most interesting thing we had to offer yeah you know it's Listen, it's, it's our podcast and you're just listening. We can do whatever we want because we are mentally ill woman in a society, okay? Uh, hope you stuck around. Let us know what yeah. you thought of Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Sorry if we ruined things for you. We warned you, though. We did warn you. Okay. We'll see you next week. Um, and look forward to our fan fiction episode. Yeah. Maybe not that, next week, but I'm feeling really excited about that's that. That's in the works for sure. Okay. Okay. Bye, Bye sisters.